Welcome one, welcome all to the Random Scrub Heat Podcast presented by The Basement. I am your host as always, LJ Cascon. I am greeted and joined by the thunder from down under my boy George, the loving dad of The Basement, Hot Take Harrison, and of course, if it ain't foreign, it's born, Alex Maserati. We have a lot on our uh, our plates today, so to speak, and it was the night before the regular season and all through the Heat's house, not a creature was stirring, not even a Kyle Lowry-sized mouse. We here at The Basement are very excited for the start of the regular season as we preview tomorrow's season opener against the Chicago Bulls. Yes, the Chicago Bulls, not the Orlando Magic. That is something we have grown very, very used to here. Being Heat fans is always opening the season against Orlando, but not this year. Before we get into all of the news of our expectations for this season and previewing the season opener against Chicago, uh, news just broke before we started recording of Victor Oladipo being ruled out for the opener uh, with what's being called a chronic condition characterized by the degeneration of collagen in the tendons, basically an egg-headed way of saying tendonitis. It sounds a lot worse than it actually is in my personal opinion. I think Miami's probably just going to wind up being extra careful with Oladipo and his minutes and the games he plays in. Uh, plus they have guard depth, so it's really not that big of a deal. I'm not too concerned about that. Plus I think it's going to be pretty similar to something that Dwayne Wade's had in the past too, the way they kind of managed him with his whole knee issue. But what about you guys? I want to ask real quick before we get started, are you pressing the panic button from these, this Victor Oladipo news? Harry, let's start with you. Um, no, I don't hit the panic button too often. I mean, obviously uh, Barry Jackson who reported the news made it sound uh, like he had some horrible knee injury that he'd be walking around with a cane of some kind. It really, he Googled stuff and posted it. It sounded a lot worse than it probably is. Um, you know, they're probably going to give him every other game off and just kind of work him in uh, to the rotation. And they're just going to take it easy with him. Um, I don't know if anyone expected Depot to be an 82 game guy. So if you did, then obviously you're in for a world of hurt, but um, you know, if you kind of were hoping that he'd come in and give you some good defense and help off the bench, um, that's kind of what he's being paid to do. He's not being paid, obviously, as a huge rotation player. So um, not yet. I mean, it's not great. He's one of our three, you know, <laughs> off-season signings, really. So um, you would hope for more, but I'm not hitting the panic button yet. George, what about you? How are you concerned at all about the news about Victor's knees? Knee, uh, not plural, singular. I mean, you can be worried about both these knees as well. This is the other knee that got hurt. Um, look, I'm not too worried about it. I, I saw some comments from Coach Spo saying that he was um, unfazed by the news. It's not something that this organization is not used to. We've we've been taking talent, you know, that's um, quote unquote spoiled goods for for years now. You know, we've had Dwayne Wade, whose whose knees were at a catastrophic level, and brought him back to you know to the brink of being still a really really good player. Um, you know, players have, have gone past him. They've had even worse injuries, but this medical staff has um has continued to do some great things to them. Um, no, I'm, I'm not panicking at all. Uh, there's look like Harry said, if you were expecting 83 games from the guy, then yeah, you, you you're not gonna have a very fun season at all. He's in my fantasy team as well, so if you guys are <laughs> joining me in that, it's pretty upsetting. But look, in, in terms of the an 82 game NBA season, yeah, he's gonna miss games. They're gonna load manage him. Um, it's it's not ideal, but it's not worthy of the panic button yet. So real quick, uh, before we get over to you, Alex, what, uh, George, quick over under, uh, let's say 60. You think you think Vic plays 60 games? We over under, under that? Under. Way under. Harry, Way what about you? 60? What? Yeah, no. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say 50, and I was thinking under. I, 
40, I think 45 to 50 games would be good. All right. All right. Alex? Yeah, he's going to play like 45 to 52 games, something like that. And to get back to your question, like I'm not – I'm not overly concerned about it only because again, this is like just what comes with Oladipo. I'm only just a little extra upset because like I expected an injury to happen like during the season. Now he's going into the season with something, which is just a little frustrating because we heard all off season, how this was like his first healthy off season in since he was like in Indiana, right. Or something like that. That's what they kept talking about. And I was talking about it a lot. People kept talking about six man Depot. We, we need bench scoring. If Struess is not going to like shoot, a ridiculous amount every single night um, or unless Gabe's taking another leap, mini leap, I guess you could say scoring off the bench wise, um, which could happen for sure, but you can't see it visually, but I'm, I'm all in for like a guy like Jordan Clarkson, bring another score into this team, especially off the bench. I like how the bench unit played last year. And when Tyler was doing his thing, I think we could use a scorer like that off the bench. I'm, I'm not too worried about Oladipo because I'm really more thinking about his defense and how impactful he is that way. Um, especially in the playoffs when we're t- facing some of the top guards in the NBA. And, you know, it can lighten the load a little bit for Jimmy and Bam defensively. So if he's good for the playoffs defensively, I still think it's worth it. You're paying him virtually nothing. Like it's not it's not something incredibly significant. And, again, it's also, I think, a one-year again. So I'm not overly concerned. It's just kind of like a bummer that, you know, after a healthy offseason, he's coming in already a little bit injured or banged up, whatever it may be. That kind of does open the door, as you mentioned, also for more depth pieces. Miami's calling card, as I've always been known to say. I mean, maybe some uh, some Kane minutes could be a, a by factor of that, or maybe even Duncan Robinson, as I bite my tongue. So now we set our sights to the regular season, and I want to ask the fellas, what do you see, what do you want to see, I should say, out of the starters this season? Harry, let's go to you first. Uh, you'd like them to get off to quick, quicker starts. That was obviously an issue last year. Um, it kept it kept uh, showing its ugly head throughout the season. They just, um, they were slow starters. And, you know, listen, I, I know I, t- I tweeted about it a lot and I sound stupid, but when you're down by 10 plus points in a game, it's harder to come back. So, and to ask them to do it night in and night out is tough too. So, you know, while they were pretty good at cutting leads and obviously this is a new NBA where, um, you know, you can cut a 15 point lead in a few minutes with three pointers. I just think starting quicker, I think hero in the starting lineup is going to help that. And I just want to see Bam more involved. Um, I don't, you know, I realize that he's a great screener and the screen assists obviously help the offense, but I don't want the dribble handoff to be a huge part of their game. I'd like them to find other ways to get him involved, whether it's a pick and pop or a pick and roll. I mean, I really just want him to have the ball and when he has it, uh, take the shot. And, uh, I think Hero will help him a bit more uh, rolling to the basket, getting in the ball. Hero always looks for Bam uh, on the roll and when he has the ball. So I think those two things will help. Um, in terms of the rest of the guys, you know what you you expect from Jimmy. Caleb had some uh, very good uh, moves that he'd added to his bag. I thought he was pretty good at getting into the paint, which he'll need uh, in the regular season. And then you just really hope that Lowry is healthy and can be the general that he was last year. And you just kind of – um, you know, for, for all these guys, it's just going to be about how healthy are they in May and hopefully June. I agree. Yeah. Things that I'm also looking for do involve Tyler, but I'll, I'll hold off on that. I'll kind of wrap up this segment, kind of going on a pedestal talking about Tyler. Cause there are some things that I personally want to say, uh, George, what about you? What are your expectations for the starters here? Um, they're pretty high. Uh, look, I've got a lot of, I've put a lot of, um, 
of hope into this this starting unit because there's a lot of questions to be answered for a lot of them. You know, four out of the five. Jimmy, we know what we're getting with Jimmy. Jimmy's the exception. But uh, Harry alluded, alluded to it before. Um, Bam has had a tendency to type, kind of take a, a backseat in the offense to do, you know, get other people involved way too much, which affects his overall offensive game. To see him taking that next step into being a more dominant person, you know, especially at his size and at his weight, just to use that weight to get himself to uh, to better positions. That's that's what I want from him. Um, but the same with Tyler. Will, will his game translate to the starting lineup? Because we put him in that six-man role for a reason. It, it didn't just phase out and, and, and they, they found a better role for him. He was not performing in the starting lineup. So will he be able to do it consistently night in, night out? Um, and obviously all these questions tie into the playoffs as well because that's where these their, their biggest question marks come up um Caleb Martin is another big one as well will he be able to to uh not replicate but but try and give us what PJ did as well as give us something else as well look you're not going to get the the elite defense that you got from from PJ but he does offer a lot more he's a lot younger he's a lot more uh athletic than than PJ I think ever was in his career so to give us something else there would be fantastic. And Lowry as well. Lowry did us dirty with those big T-shirt, drenching it in, in Mountain Dew to make it look like he, he thought he did. He was losing weight. They, they cranked the heat to high in that in that gym. Did not do anything for us. He still looks the same, but doesn't mean I've lost all hope in him. He, he's, you know, there to do it, there for a job, and that's to push the offense at any one time. He's a tempo guy. That we need to bring in, he's needs to push the tempo, needs to be better for himself, um, and for the team as a whole. So, look, my expectation is that in, in an ideal world, that they all answer all my questions, and it's all growing remarks, and Larry becomes a you know sixteen and, and eleven guy, and we're all happy, and we're making our way to the finals. But it's it's a long season, it's a lot you know a lot of questions to ask, so it's going to be a lot of uh, analysis on our half to see what what's been happening. You heard it here, guys, from George, that uh, Kyle Lowry, double-double average incoming on points and assists. So you can hold him to that on Twitter, by the way. Um, I'm glad that you did mention Caleb Martin, though, because, again, that was something I completely just, like, went over my head. It's like, yeah, in the P.J. role, and I hate to call it the P.J. role. It's the same position, but it's not the same role. Even though what I saw in the Pelicans game that I did not expect to see, because we didn't see it at all last season, was Martin playing a little more down low. They weren't just spacing him out. They had him down in the post one or two times. And that's kind of what we saw from PJ, not just in the regular season, but a lot in the playoffs too, when he was bullying down low against Atlanta, when he was, well, he was trying to do that against Philadelphia. They're a little bit of a bigger team, but seeing Caleb kind of be put in that position a little bit, I kind of like that too. He's athletic. He's quick going down low, looking for offense on a little jump hook or a floater or something like that. He's really good off of driving kicks now too. He's a smarter passer. I am excited to see what, uh, what Martin brings as well. If they're going to, let him operate the ball in his hands or actually go a little more down low. So Alex, what about you? What are your expectations? So like my expectations for the starting five are as high as an expectations for the starting five can be. Like I need this unit to be one of the best starting fives in basketball. Like I know it's going to, it has to be that way in the playoffs, but in the regular season too, I don't want to be this team. And I know Bam talked about an interview recently and, and I get it. They're the team that's going to grind you out, and you don't know who's going to give you 30. Is it going to be Struess? Is it going to be Gabe? Is it going to be this? No, it needs to be the guys who are making 30-plus million dollars a year, and we've got four of those in the starting five. Like, we 
I, I need this team to be night in, night out. People are like, damn, I cannot wait till the starting five is off the floor because they're killing us right now. And then we've got a great bench unit to come in after that. I think it starts with Tyler and Bam because I think Jimmy's going to do what he usually does in the regular season, as he should, whatever he needs to do to get to where he was at last year in the playoffs. Just, just let it happen. Like, I, I don't care if he's going to, you know, only get 18 to 20 a night. That's fine with me. And uh, you guys talked about it earlier with the dribble handoff stuff. This this starting lineup that I see, I don't see a lot of dribble handoff stuff unless Lowry and Hero are going to be doing it. I, I think the signal of Struess and Duncan not starting means that Bam's going to be doing some different things. I'm really excited to see how Bam looks because I'm so sick of the back-to-the-basket dribble handoff stuff. We all are, so that's going to be interesting to see. And for Kyle Lowry, he just needs to just pass – like effectively stop passing at five yards above people's heads. Like stop making everybody leave the, leave the floor and leave their feet to go get the ball. Like I don't, you're the point guard, set up the offense, do your job, be a capable defender and just be a better three point shooter. I I'm like so close to giving up on Kyle Lowry, but for hero bam and Jimmy hero and bam, take a leap, Jimmy, do your thing. And Caleb Martin, to be honest with you, was a very nice surprise in the preseason. You, you were doing a great job describing it. He, we, we keep saying the PJ role, like you mentioned, we hate kind of saying the PJ role, but like I love Caleb Barden's like athleticism that he brings, something that PJ Tucker didn't really bring. And I know PJ Tucker is, is incredible, is awesome, an elite defender and everything like that. But there, there is just something different about Caleb Martin where he can also initiate a little bit more of the drive and kick game. I think Tyler Hero should absolutely feast this year. I, I need it. And I'll let you talk about Hero too. I, I need Tyler Hero to be one of the best scorers in the NBA. Like that's, that's what I'm looking for. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be 28 a game. I've said that in the past, but like if Bam's going to take a leap and take a bunch of shots, just give me 25 on efficient shooting. Like every which way Tyler Hero should be able to score either with the ball in his hands, with the screen, without a screen, the drive and kick game with Jimmy Bam. And I think Caleb Barton will play a role into it. Like he, whether there's a starters out there, whether he's running it up with the bench unit, because I still think Spell will run him with the bench unit a bunch of times and leave him in there and take Jimmy and Bam out potentially. Um, you, you should score every which way. And if he leads the team in shots, so be it. I need, I need Tyler hero to, to prove to me why he got that contract because Jimmy and Bam already have Lowry was a flop, but you know, it is what it is. We have to deal with it. Duncan was a flop. I need Tyler hero to prove why, you know what? I'm going to be the starting two for the Miami heat every single year for the next whatever. Smart using the word uh, flop and Kyle Lowry in the same sentence, even though, I am a more optimistic person, but I do like, I mean, Kyle's Kyle, but as you said, no, like, you know what you're going to get from Kyle. You know what you're going to get from Jimmy from what we've seen pretty consistently from Bam's minutes in the preseason. You kind of have a good feeling on what you're going to get from Bam, a little more aggression, more shot taking, but what I want to see from Tyler Hero, I'm eager to see like, how does he hunt for offense now that he's a starter? Because as Harry mentioned too, slow starts plagued them last season. They had the ace in the hole with Tyler off the bench. You have now played that hand. You have put him in the starting lineup. I don't think that's a negative thing. I do think that's a positive thing. How does he hunt for his offense, though? Is he going to try to get looks with the ball in his hands, or will he let them come to him? We saw a little bit of that in the preseason. In the Pelicans game specifically, he was in there to shoot early going, and he took more offensive control as kind of the game went on. He got a better feel for it, whether or not Jimmy was going to take some opportunities, whether Kylo was going to orchestrate, whether Bam was actually going to hunt for a shot. I want to see Hero show movement when the ball's not in his hands. I don't want him to just plant himself in the corner. I want him to get open, even though he is a very, very good spot-up shooter. We saw him do a good job of that in the preseason too. I want Hero to continue to attack the basket. He was doing that in the preseason to a very high success rate. Don't just settle for the jump shot because honestly, some nights the jumper will not be there. 
Sometimes the, uh, the opposing defense will scheme a jump shot away or just some nights you're not going to shoot 60% from the field every night. Not everyone's 2012 LeBron James. It's not going to happen. If you can get to the basket consistently, that's a higher percentage shot. I like Tyler's aggression in that sense too. He was doing that in the preseason. I want to see that translate. And that defense, he saw us laugh at his DPOY incentives and he took it personally. Four blocks in the preseason finale, keep that mentality in the regular season. If he does those things, there's your Tyler jump. There's the internal development or improvement that you need to compete for a top seed and advance into the playoffs. We haven't seen it in the regular season, but, or we haven't seen it in the playoffs from Tyler. We've seen it in the regular season. I want to see him translate that as well. Now the Heat will need to dig deep into their bag to slow down the likes of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Good thing they have plenty of insurance, but don't feel left out. Our listeners can too with Simple Health Advisors, a primary sponsor of The Basement, Simple Health, Advisors, Simple Health Advisors Insurance doesn't need to be complicated. Email them or give them a call today and tell them that The Basement sent you. Email our guy and he will get back to you. You can call him at 321-345-7738. One more time, 321-345-7738. Now as we move on, a little buy or sell segment. The Heat are going all in this season. This is something I know Harry wanted to touch on. The Heat going all in this season. Do you guys buy or sell Miami really pushing all their chips in? Harry, let's start with you. We're selling, man. There's just no way you can convince me that they're all in. Um, there are moves to be made that could change my mind, and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want people to say, oh, he's so stubborn, he won't admit it. But right now they just aren't. Um, you know, they made the KZ trade to open up the 2023 pick. Um, that still has not been used yet. I'm trying to how and where they want to use that. Um you know, we've talked about before how they want the disgruntled star to opt out, but he's only we only really have enough assets if they want to be here in Miami, right? We have we have Hero to trade if that were to happen, and that's gonna be much harder to do now with his new extension. And everyone always takes a dump on our picks and tells us how bad the picks are because the Heat are always pretty good, which makes sense. So my thought is this if if you really want to go all in, um this is the time to do it. You're never going to have Jimmy playing at this level again. I don't know how many years he has left. Uh, this could be it only because you don't know what happens. And you, you, you've seen, I was talking to someone earlier, you see how short and how quickly these championship windows close. You know, the Nets are a mess now. They're telling you they're going to be fine, but they're not very good. Um, the Celtics lost their code, um, you know, reasons that no one would have been able to predict before. And obviously that's a horrendous situation up in Boston. And, um, you know, these windows close extraordinarily fast. So, yeah, they have Bam and they have Hero and they have a young cord that they can build around, but um, you're never – we've really – it's been a long time since we've had a guy playing like this level in the postseason. Um, you know, it was obviously Wade in 06 early on in his career and then um, Wade early on with LeBron and then LeBron led us to two, two titles. Um, this, is, this is it, man, and the league's – open um i really thought it was warriors but they're obviously having their own issues like the league's open the east is open you know milwaukee would be my pick but they have a ton of injuries and this is the time to do it um guess what if the heat use a pick and it doesn't work out they'll find a player another way um if they, if they clear the books and they have to go after free agents they'll do that too like i'm not worried about this team in the long run, people always talk about the future. I'm worried about the now because we have a player playing at Jimmy's capabilities. And so if you say, are they all in? No. Um, 
you know, no offense. I, I hate to keep bringing him up, but they have a guy on the team who um, didn't, they needed shooting last year. He couldn't breach the rotation in the postseason. He's still here making a ton of money, pissing me off. We got, you know, we got to figure out what to do with him. You know, they brought back Depot. We don't know what we're going to get from him now. We have a couple contracts to move. Um, we should really see early on which teams aren't doing so well and who wants to tank for Victor. And we should get in there and try to make a move. I think we need another four, even if Caleb, you know, looked good in his first game. And we just need to figure out a way to to make this work. This I, I don't think the window's that big. And um, they can keep Jimmy if they want, and he could be the second or third best player. But I think I think he's kind of boxed him in by playing so well. Um, and I don't think people think about that too much. He's played so well in the postseason. He's a top three postseason player right now. I think he's top two over the past few years that they, they have to, they have to do it. And if they don't, we're going to look back and say, man, we had, we had opportunities. We were within striking distance and we just didn't do it. And I don't want to be sitting there doing that. I'd rather take the risk, push all our chips in and lose than not do it at all. And kind of stay where we are right now. So we have until the deadline, you know, we have until mid-February to make something happen. Um, but I really want it to happen. And I don't care if this team is cruising in February. Like, I don't care if they're in first and they're killing everybody. Or if we're kind of middling, the moves need to be made anyway because they need to be made. We need postseason moves to continue to get better and go all in. What I want to follow that up with for you specifically, Harry, is I know you talk about like moves that can be made. And I do agree. I think we're going to see a very active deadline for Miami, just regardless of where they're at, because we saw them kind of be leading the pact in the first, first in Easter conference last year. They didn't really make any moves. Victor Oladipo was the move and blah, blah, blah. Is there any specific player that you like for them to kind of add to this team, whether they're available right now or not, or is there someone that you kind of have your eye on? I mean, I'm just I'm trying to figure out like who's available, which team is willing to take Duncan, and what's the move, right? Like, I think Josh Hart might be available in Portland. I don't know if he exactly fills a need, but I just like a guy like that who can do a bunch of things better than Duncan is going to come in. You know, listen, Duncan's probably going to come out and make me eat crow tomorrow and hit you know seven threes, and then the next night he'll hit one and will be, you know, and that's kind of the frustrating thing with him is that it's just not consistent. So um, I really like PJ Washington from the Hornets. I think he'd fit really well next to Bam. I don't know what they want for him, but they didn't extend him. So he's going into restricted free agency. There's other guys that I think um, wouldn't cost a ton and impact the team and help them a lot. And so those are the guys I'm kind of looking at and guys that they'll probably go back to guys that they have looked at in previous drafts. So um you know, we'll have to kind of see what, what presents itself. But I think something like that, even like a small move um, helps the team a lot. And then they could reassess, right? Wait, the problem, the problem with waiting till February is you got to make all your moves then because there's no trades to be made after the deadline. And you just have to like make a bunch of trades and hope spoke and figure out the rotations in a few months. If, if they're not doing so well, they want to make a December trade, a January trade. Like, I think that might be something that works better and, I don't I, – I, people are going to argue and say, yeah, no, if they come out gangbusters, this is it, this is the team. But we all know that it's, there's a shelf life on these guys. They're older, and we need we need some guys to get in here and really help out the rotation. 
I like that you brought up PJ Washington too in Charlotte because yeah, they, if I'm not mistaken last year, they, they inquired about him. If I, if I recall correctly, they have been in on him before and yeah, they didn't pick up his option. He's going to restricted free agency. That could be a name that helps because he brings size. And we all know Miami's kind of downfall, especially in that Boston series last year was they were just getting killed on the boards. But uh, yeah, no, when they trade Duncan, I saw you say it on Twitter. Also, he, he becomes instant hall of fame candidate for the random scrub heat killers. Our, our podcast namesake, he's, he's going to torch us every time we play him, if we trade him, but that's, you know, that's a, uh, an agreement that we're going to have to come to terms with. So George, what about you? Are you, are you buying or selling the heat going all in this season? I'm, I'm selling when I look at across the league and you look at the teams that actually do buy into their, you know, their windows and the, the main one that comes to mind is golden state, but they've had better asset management over the better part of a decade um, to position themselves right, to make the moves that they made. You know, you look at their, you look at their books, their books are cooked. <laughs> I'm sorry. The amount of money that they're, they're, they're anticipating to pay, to pay to these players, They've still got Clay to work at a contract with. They've still got uh, Draymond, but the whole situation over there is um, on thin ice right now. So we, we we won't see resolution on that for a while. But you look at them over the, the better part of a decade. They were they positioned themselves correctly. They asset managed correctly, and they were able to um to acquire picks to get even better young players and still acquire star talent in the form of of Andrew Wiggins and and I, I think he's borderline star. He's an all star. So and I, and I really respect his game, but that's a piece. That's a big piece. That's not someone that you just. It's it's not uh, a deadline day sign a ten day contract, <laughs> Chris Silver type of contract. That's a star player right there. Um, and also, I want to put a counter now. I'm going to say two months before we get our very first ten day contract, hit Chris Silver again. It's going to happen. He's he's going to be on the team at some point. He's going to be back. And they're going to give him three or four back-to-back 10-day contracts. But he's coming. But anyway, getting back to the topic. Another team that, that went all in, you look at the um, the Lakers. When they got acquired Le- LeBron James, they went all in, didn't they? And they, they traded everything for Anthony Davis. That's going all in. That's th- Then they figure out the rest of the rotation behind it. And it, what, what did they get them? It got them a ring against us in the bubble. Very sad. A lot of circumstances we couldn't control in that series, but it is what it is. It's a long time ago now. Uh, this team has a, a track record of letting uh, you know their, their assets expire. It does. In, in the most recent history, it's Kendrick Nunn. Uh, the Heat really didn't get anything back from him. Second in the Rookie of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Year race, and we got nothing for him. We let him walk for free. It is the worst way to do business. It's like buying a mango and then letting it go bad and then chucking it in the bin, even though you spent eight bucks on that mango. They're very expensive down here. All right. I don't know how expensive they are up there. They're expensive down here. If you buy a mango, you eat it or you sell it to someone else. I am really looking forward to see what this team does. We we didn't just free up that pick on uh, by giving up a prospect like Casey Okpala. And I know everyone see saying now, in Sacramento, he's playing. You know, he's playing all right. He's not. He's not the worst player in the world. But um, you know, the, apparently to Sacramento, he's the second coming of uh, of Kevin Durant, like we used to call him, Baby Giannis. But that pick got freed up for a reason, and their intentions not to use it. It's to to trade it. The Jimmy window is closing. It's closing fast. We all recognize it. We all know. And there's there's too many variable factors in this team for me to feel safe about. A guaranteed deep run into the fight into the playoffs with Oladipo now having his injury problems. I know it's not nothing new, 
We, we already knew he had injury problems. That was already a factor. This just, you know, pours more petrol on the fire. The fact that, you know, these injuries could come at any time. And this team needs to be ready. And it's not just, they can't come in the form of 10-day contracts fighting someone in the free agency market or pulling someone out of the G League. You can't always plug holes like that and expect them to go the full way. We did that with, a, you know, last year, and it, it turned out quite well with um with Caleb Martin. You know, he wasn't really getting game time at the Hornets. His brother was looking like a better prospect. We picked him out of the dirt, and now he's making good money, and he's just, he's just started on this team, which is a great – it's a great story. It's a feel-good story, but these players can't always solve a problem. And even players like P.J. Washington and and the players that you're referring to now uh, don't always solve the biggest need of this team. The – the NBA is an ever-revolving door. Windows open and shut in the matter of seconds. It can come in the form of a massive injury to a star player on the team that you see with the Clippers over the last few years. Um, you know, they went all in as well. I mean, they, they've just been plagued by injury, which hasn't let them compete at the highest level that they can. So you can see how quickly windows close and open in this league. With a team like Chicago that we're versing tomorrow, it's the same situation with them. Lonzo, their starting point guards out. Um, their season's not looking to be the best so far. They're, they're still con- contending. They're, they're trying to contend for a championship. That's what they're, 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 their aim is. But with a player like DeMar DeRozan, if he's stuck on that team isolated on an island, they, they, they might not have any choice to, but to trade him at the deadline. And that could be a target that we look for as well to, to get some instant offense in the team. Just say they're sitting 11th, 12th in the East, and they're just not looking like they're going to do a move and they, they, they don't want to you know, let their fruit go back and they want to try and get something for him. You know, we've been sp- speaking about that in a lower sense and in a hypothetical sense with Jimmy Butler as well. When is the point in time that you won't wait there and say, okay, the window's shutting. Do we want to lose him for nothing? And I'm not trying to say anything. I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, going behind, you know, everyone's back and saying, I want to trade Jimmy. That's not the point at all. But that the situation may not get better in, in Chicago and De- DeRozan might be a good player for us. And it, he's acquirable and he, he could be something that we're going to keep an eye on in the season. So, yeah. Remember, oh, sorry to cut you off. I just That's remember right. when uh, when they got Larry and people were all saying on Twitter, like, hey, you think tomorrow we'll come to Miami for the minimum? You think you think that's that was a, that was a good day? We had, that was a great day. I don't know what anybody else. I was I was no, I was ready four in the morning. Yeah, on that day, bro, I was ready to book the parade. When <laughs> that was a couple hours of euphoria. Yeah, when people were saying tomorrow might come play the four on the minimum, I was like, yo, we're we're winning a champ. Because at that time, I also thought Kyle Lowry wasn't cooked, so I was like, we are winning a championship. Like this is this is going to be freaking electric. Like my god. But yeah. you show you can't even make everyone happy with that move because everyone was having a, an absolute fit because they were like, oh, no, the spacing. What are we going to do? Tomato DeRozan can't shoot threes. And everyone was still going off. Do we even want him? If you brought him in on that season, can you imagine what a Dem- healthy DeMar DeRozan would have done for our team? I mean, Just look at all what they've fit. done in his short time in Chicago. How many game-winning he threes did he did? reignited his entire career by moving to Illinois. He did, he did it himself, and he did a great job, and they brought the best out of him. But – you know, he's he, he's a player that this team might look towards at the trade deadline and say, you know what, we have picks, we have expiring contracts. That's a big thing that we've, talk, we've been talking about here as well. The expiring contracts are a big thing in the NBA. If you if you want to get money off your books, that's the best way to do it. And just attach a pick and it's fine. But when your player is as good as DeMar DeRozan, who even needs to – oh, I don't want picks back. Just give me the player. 
So I, I think, yeah, if Harry's uh, premonition comes to be fulfilled and Chicago is as bad as he believes them to be, then I definitely think that could be something that Miami maybe, you know, just, you know, kicks the sticks on or kicks the tires on, so to say. So Alex, let's get to you. Let's wrap it real quick saying, uh, what, what are you, what are you looking for from, from a buy sell perspective? Are the heat going all in this year? I think they're all in on three people. I think they're all in on Bam and Jimmy and I'm starting to think they're more all in on hero than people think they are. There's been a lot of quotes of him looking like a brand new player. I've seen the defensive intensity change. It would not surprise me at all. If this heat staff like re fell in love with Tyler hero after this off season, kind of canceling out the noise hearing all the haters coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Again, like I've, I think I talked about in the last episode, or maybe it was a stream, like Jimmy and Hero used to be really, really close as rookie year, and then it seemed like there was sort of like a drift there, and now they seem like they're close again. So I, I think they could be more in on Hero than people give them credit for. But again, it just takes the right name coming available for that to go away, in my opinion. You know, if KD reemerges, if any of the top guys. George, you talked about DeMar DeRozan. He's the best player I think that he could, could get this offseason. I don't see a guy, you know, I know Heat fans love Jalen Brown. I don't see him like asking out. I don't see Kevin Durant thing reemerging this season. I don't think Kyrie, like I've been thinking about Kyrie. Could that maybe reemerge? But if it does reemerge, it's probably not for a good reason. So I, I don't, I don't think Kyrie's of an available option. My name is trade for Jordan Clarkson. I'm all in on him. Another guy is Cam Reddish. I love Cam Reddish. I would love him in Miami. Harry's shaking his head, but I, I don't know. There's something about potential and the heat. And I'm just like, if anybody can bring out the best in somebody, it's the Miami Heat. So I look at him and I, I'd, I'd love to add him. You guys brought up PJ Washington, another fantastic name. I do think the Heat are all in. I think they look at how close they've been. And I think they just think to themselves, especially the way the East is formed right now, that they can hang with anybody. And Harry, you brought up an excellent point about how Jimmy has played himself into not has played himself into the front office, having a situation. I think they always love to say that, you know, they knew Jimmy Butler was this good and he would be this good. I think Jimmy Butler was brought here to like drag the heat out of whatever the F they were just in and to just like re-remind everybody who the Miami Heat are. And hopefully Jimmy Butler would inspire another superstar to come play here. That's how I viewed it when they added Jimmy Butler, that he was always going to be the second best player on a championship team. He's obviously proved everybody wrong on that, including, I think, a little bit of the Heat front office, which is why he got the giant extension. Um, but, man, I I think he can be the best player on a championship team, and I think they believe that too. I think after what I've seen the last few years, I, I can't say he can't be. If he's going to drop you know 30 a game and go toe-to-toe with LeBron and be a three-point away from bringing us back to the finals again, I think he can win a championship if given the opportunity again. It's just it's going to be on how good Tyler Hero is and how good Bam Adebayo is and – I know how, how good Bam's going to be, and he's been talking a lot of stuff to the media about the haters on social media and things like that. So I, I think Bam's going to have an absolutely massive year. Again, I, I keep coming back to Tyler, and I don't want to be like the hater on him or anything like that because I have his jersey. I loved him in the bubble and everything. But this guy needs to show the hell up. And again, the contract looks a lot better today than it did right when they signed him after Jordan Poole got infinity money. And I, I know Kevin Porter Jr. got less than him, but I definitely don't. I, I definitely thought Kevin Porter Jr. got more money than I expected him to, at least. So the, the deal looks better um, if Tyler's going to do his thing. But there, there's moves to be made. I just don't think there's a big move to be made. I don't think this team's going to add a third superstar as much as we want them to. I think that's a next offseason thing when they can maybe move off of Lowry after a disappointing year. Um, I think they believed Kyle Lowry that he would come back into shape and he would look good. And I think. Pat verbally calling him out was a was a big 
thing of like, okay, it's time to make it happen. I didn't like his response to it. I think we all agree he looks the same, looked the same in preseason, no lift on the jump shot, worst defender. I, I'm more concerned that his passing just looks terrible. Like, so I, I think they're all in on Bam and Bam. I think they've always been all in on Bam. He's going to be untouchable for everybody. I don't think – I think he's going to be a heat lifer. And I think Jimmy – as much as a lot of people talk, and you, y'all were talking about Jimmy being traded, I, I never see it unless there's a there's a big issue, like Jimmy wanting to leave. If Jimmy will stay in Miami, I don't think Miami will ever let him go because – I think they'll just think to themselves, get to the playoffs. Unless Jimmy, you know, takes a step back in one of these playoffs upcoming next two years or so, maybe even this year. I don't think he will. But if he continues to do this in the playoffs, I think that he will constantly think to themselves, just get to the playoffs and see what he can do. But again, he played for Tom Thibodeau. Those minutes are up. You know, we'll we'll see how much longer he's got in it. But in terms of buy or sell, I'm actually buying the fact that they're they're all in. I think they truly believe that they're going to win the championship this year. I'll be quick with mine. I'm kind of riding the fence between yes and no. Like, no, they're clearly not since they're avoiding attacks and all that. And But it wasn't from a lack of trying from their perspective. And, they're, and they swung for the fences for the likes of Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant. They just swung out, really. But like I said earlier, look for 2023 to get a good sense of them going all in. I expect them, again, to be very active at the trade deadline. And that will give you your answer on whether or not they're going all in. So as we sit here today, no. But January, February, I, I feel like the answer will be yes. So as we move on real quick, keys to a heat victory. Uh, I'll start us off here. Containing DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, as I said earlier before, for the segue into the sponsor, it's that's who you need to stop if you are going to beat Chicago. I know they're not the Chicago they were last year. They still have no Lonzo Ball. Uh, Levine is questionable with an, uh, an injury already. But Levine led Chicago in scoring in three out of the four matchups last year, dropping 33 twice. Twice against them, DeMar had 28 in the other game. So if it wasn't Levine cooking you, it was DeMar. Again, three out of those four games were absolute blowouts as well. So it's like, yeah, he got his numbers, but at what cost? You still got absolutely clapped. But that, that that's my key to victory. If you can hone in on them, Miami is very good at defense. At least they were last year. I do think they're going to kind of ease up on the defensive end, be more of an offensive team this year. But if you can hold DeRozan and Levine somewhat in check, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, Harry, what, what's your keys to victory? Um, I think I think winning the rebounding battle is going to be important. Obviously, the Heat are kind of going with a small front court, and so uh, Nicola always like he, he you know he eats against us. He's obviously not a good defender, but um, offensively, he usually does well and can get a lot of second chance points. So keeping him off the offensive glass, uh, I think, will kind of be the most important thing. They're injured, obviously. I think Lonzo Ball is a huge part of that team. So obviously, him being out for who knows how long. I think really hurts them. That's kind of why I don't really see them even making the play in. Um, they got killed last year when he got hurt. They were rolling along. DeRozan looked like a possible MVP candidate, and Lonzo went out. and And I, I think it's just tough because people think of Lonzo, you know, on the Lakers and the and the Pelicans when he early on in his career. But he turned into like a really good three points uh, shooter, a very good defender, and he's so long. He was just. You know, he was doing well, so I really like that deal for them. But him being out kills them. I know I know the young guy they have, AO, is a good player. Um, DeRozan's obviously, like you said, a, a tough guy to to, uh, to score. And I'm interested to see what Patrick Williams does this year. He's a pretty good young player who got hit with an injury bug last year too. So they're an interesting team, but I think keeping them off, off the glass and winning the rebounding battle is kind of going to be – I know it's a stupid answer. You should always out-rebound your opponent, but – I think that's going to be the key to the game tomorrow. And um, I didn't look at the spread. I have no idea. I, I think the Heat will win. But, um, you know, obviously 
it's not an we talked about it earlier. It's not an easy stretch. There's seven out of eleven, uh, seven games in eleven days to start the season. Uh, kind of tough opening opponents. So we'll see what happens. But you know, obviously, we're just excited to have basketball back. Well said. Well said, George. What about you? What are uh, some keys to victory here for you? Yeah, I, I want to reiterate Lonzo being out for them is just a massive is a massive loss because it's and you're right. It's not just you know the the Lonzo we saw at uh, at the Lakers and that's it. That's all you're getting. It's the sum of your pieces. And when when you build your team around having a solid point guard who's a who's a very viable defender who was a very good three point scorer before he got injured, um, it really puts a damper on the rest of the team. And and this the no there's no there's no walkovers in the NBA. We've seen the Heat. Walk into a game thinking we're going to win, then we get blown out by by the Detroit Pistons. It happened last year, and it sucks. So there's no walkovers in the NBA. They're still they've still got Zach Levine. They've still got Demar Derozan, Nikola Vucevic. You know, uh, Pat Williams was someone I was keen about uh, ever since he came back from the injuries. He's struggled to solidify himself in that starting lineup. So it's going to be um, interesting to see what he brings to the table as well. But on our side of the you know on our side of the ball, it's going to be about Tyler Hero trying to get himself. Um, going early, I feel like he's the key for this offense to really, you know, open itself up. Him and Bam Adebayo, because if Bam can't do it against Nikola Vucevic, oh my God, are you going to struggle against MVP candidate Joel Embiid? You know, <laughs> and it's about him trying to get him his, his looks, and it's about seeing what what clicks in the offense. It's our very first game of the of the season. There's a different feel in in the arena. It's not preseason anymore. It's not summer league. Obviously, these players were playing in summer league, but you know what I mean. It's it's time to put. You know, your cards on the table and see what clicks and see what works. Uh, Victor being out really does annoy me because he's the key to our, to our bench. So I'm um, look, I'm looking forward to the game. I feel like it's going to be a heat victory. Uh, I don't want to, I don't like doing that usually, but at the same time, we did sweep them last year and I feel like we got worse. So we'll see what happens. I also believe that bench scoring is going to be a pretty big uh, reason if they win as well, just because the starters are going to do their starter like things. But yeah, like you said, Vic being out for that, that bench unit, who's going to take the reins, but uh, Alex, let's go to you. What are your keys to victory? Yeah, for me, I, I'm really intrigued to see how the bench scores. If Depot isn't going to play and I'm extreme, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how Spo is going to like use the bench. Is he going to leave? I'm assuming he's going to leave a starter in. It's very rare when you just take five guys out and you put five new guys, new guys in. I'm assuming it's going to be hero, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be Bam. Maybe they give Bam a little bit of a run with the starters. Hell, maybe they even give Kyle Lowry a run with the starters to try to get some of his confidence back. I have no idea. But if Struess is not, you know, going to get 22 points or something like that and shoot a ridiculous percentage from three tomorrow, who's going to score off this bench? And that's what I'm really intrigued to see. I think Gabe could maybe do it, but if he doesn't have a great game, like I don't, I don't know who the go-to scorer is on the bench. And we had it so clearly defined with hero last year. I'm not saying we need a six man of the year candidate, you know, every single year, year in, year out. But I do think Spo found something with that bench unit of just a pure scorer there. And that's why I'll keep bringing up Jordan Clarkson and, and other names like that. Um, but I, again, I think it wouldn't surprise me if Hero just played a bunch of minutes. But I know he also had a you know a knee issue. He bumped knees the other day. So I think we're going to win because you guys brought up all the same points I was going to bring up with Lonzo in particular that just their whole season completely unraveled. I think we have a really big coming out party for Bam where he hopefully hits two threes, takes a bunch of mid-ranges and just dominates Vucevic. I hope we all want to see it. If he can't do it, that's going to be a concern. But I think Bam has a massive game. Jimmy kind of just does his thing, step backs, you know, 
chills out. Not much. I think, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have some cool moments and some cool Instagram pictures, but DeMar's going to outscore him by 25. So we'll, we'll see how everybody else looks. I hope Hero has a good game, but I, I think we're going to win. But the key to victory for me is, is the starting five. Come out there and be better than their starting five. And hopefully they don't make it relatively close, especially if Levine maybe doesn't go. Like if Levine does not play, then you got to you got to arguably blow Chicago out. In my opinion. Uh, if Bam comes out and hits two threes, Georgia's season long overbed of Bam's threes per game is off to a very good start. Don't think I forgot about it, George. I got you. I know it. So now as we look ahead, where are the Heat going to stand in a week's time from today? Harry did a great job pointing this out, too. If I'm not mistaken, it was seven games in 11 days. Harry, was that correct? Yeah, that is that is. <laughs> A grueling stretch, especially with some of them being on the West Coast, too. And I bring that up because Miami does face they – sh- they open against Chicago, then they have Boston, and then a home-and-home home against Toronto, not to mention a quick West Coast trip right after that where they play the Warriors twice in a week, obviously once in Golden State and then once in Miami. Um, but I do believe the Heat – if I had to give a guess, I'd say the Heat are probably going to stand 2-2 two and two with wins against Chicago and then a loss against Boston and then splitting that home-and-home home against Toronto. Uh, Boston always gives them fits early in the year. As in the pre-show, uh, George brought up the Peyton Pritchard, or it was just that I remember that game very clearly. Peyton Pritchard just giving us the business on that last second shot after Miami fought back. But yeah, I'm not gonna getting my feelings too much there. Um, uh, Harry, let's start with you now. Where do you think the Heat are gonna sit after those four games to start the year? Two and two is good for me. I was just pulling up the schedule. They're all home games, but um, I think that back-to-back uh, Saturday night against the Raptors is gonna be a loss. And, yeah, I don't know how good I feel about the Celtics either. So I'm kind of with you. I think two and two. I mean, I, I, I think you kind of hope early on at home they could do like a three and one would be awesome, an awesome start to the year. But two and two is probably safer, and I think they probably beat the Bulls and the, Celt- uh, the, Bulls and the Raptors in uh, the second game, and that's, uh, and that's fine. No, I'm not going to be upset with two and two. One and three would be disappointing. So you said both games of Toronto are in Miami? Um, I think they're going to win the opener and then the, I think they're going to be one and two and then win that Raptors game. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I guess I, I, I miss saw a thing. I thought they went to Toronto on one of those, but if they're both in Miami, then yeah, I mean, still, I would probably say they still split it regardless anyway, because beating two in a row against a really long, lanky young Raptors team is going to be a tall task. I think uh, that, no, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think the NBA kind of talked themselves into more like baseball style series. So yeah, they have to, they have Toronto here for two games in a row and they're going to, and we're going to be on the road. I'm sure, uh, unfortunately in some games that, but that's just how they want to save a little bit of the travel time. I think they should cut games out, but that involves losing money and that's a different story. So. Yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to say no to some money. Uh, George, what about you? Where do you think the heat are going to stand in a week's time here? Look, I say two and two. Uh, that's just the, that's the most logical answer. If you're looking at it from, you know, historical standpoint, also the teams that you're versing, Boston is an unbelievably deep team, good team as well. We had troubles with them to close them out. We lost in seven. Um, but I don't rule out the three and one possibility. I, I still feel like we're heads and shoulders above the the Raptors. I know a lot of people like to just talk about based on, you know, they're, like they're playing 2K and they're versing a Miley in the Miley against the two rosters. But it's at the end of the day, they don't have Jimmy. They don't have a Bam at a bio. I don't care what Pascal Siakam thinks he is. Um, I feel like Bam is heads and shoulders above him. So I, I my head says two and two. My heart says three and one. I, I would probably agree with you on that sense too because I didn't say it earlier. Yeah, three and one I agree is feasible. But I, do, I think that win, that third win would probably come against Boston. I just don't see them beating Toronto twice in a row like that. 
I just, it's just, I, I don't see that happening, but I, I Boston, I think they can, especially because it'll be so early on with their new head coach, what kind of systems they have in place, rotation pieces and whatnot. But Alex, going on to you now, as we wrap up, what are your predictions? Where will the heat stand in a week's time? I think three and one or four and oh, like we're home. We're a good home team. I'm a homer maybe, but like, I, I think this starting five needs to be like one of the best starting fives in the NBA. Come out there and go beat, beat Chicago at home, beat Toronto twice at home and hopefully beat the Celtics. I don't know what the Celtics are going to look like. They're down right now as we're recording at the end of the first to Philly in their own building. Again, I, I've been saying it about Boston. Maybe it's too premature to say this first quarter of the first game of the NBA season. Um, but I think Boston's taking a step back. No, Robert Williams is a big deal to me. I, 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 Al Horford, like we talk about some of our players being a ticking time bomb, like that dude, 82 games. I don't think so. Like I, I, I think Al Horford was looking decent last year because he got such a minimized role didn't show up until like halfway through the year. This is completely different. And I know he's a pro player and everything, but still Jordan Clark or not Jordan Clarkson. Um, uh, Jalen Brown, has he improved his handle? We'll see. Like is Jason Tatum going to try to play hero ball again? We'll see. Again, like the Celtics to me are a very hit or miss team. Like they were very, very good defensively last year. Ime is no longer there. And Robert Williams is missing the first half of the season. So I, I think they're going to take a pretty big step back defensively. And then on top of that, when Tatum's not hitting his shots, the Celtics lose. So you catch him on an off night in Miami, he'll lose. He'll shoot himself out of games. Um, I, I think three and one or four and oh. I mean, I could see us maybe dropping a Celtic game, maybe dropping one of the games to Toronto because, again, they are a very good defensive team. And Nick Nurse is no slouch of a coach. So you got to give them credit there. But again, we have four players making $30 million in the starting five. Go four and oh to start the year at home. That would be obviously best case scenario just from a mathematics standpoint, but I, I, it's more for me, I, I want to see how they win it as well. If they're just scooching along, but again, I, I, if I had to say it too, my heart also with George says three and one, but my brain says two and two. Um, I want to be able to log these, these, these guesses and we'll in a week's time when we come back, I want to revisit it and see uh, just how correct we all were. Thank you, Alex, by the way, for giving us a little bit of variation on those guesses too. So shoot for the fences, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to the Random Scrub Heat podcast presented by The Basement. Take care and be good people.